Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday night. It is February the 1st, 2019. Groundhog Day tomorrow. And boy, do we need Groundhog Day. Um, I feel as though we've moved to the North Pole without going anywhere here in New York. Uh, I hope you've been able to stay warm. I hope things are going well for you. The world is certainly going to hell in a handbasket. But um, the purpose of this program is to try to sort out the lunatics and the lunacies um, and to empower you by providing you with the truth. What a rare commodity today and information that you can use to help you win discussions with your friends. And that's really what's needed. You know, some time ago, the issue of the second amendment and the stand your ground laws and all of that stuff was hotly debated across the United States. Well, actually, we need a stand-your-ground philosophy where the First Amendment is concerned. We're being bullied and intimidated, we, those of us who are rational Americans, it seems, by the lunatics. Um, You look at Antifa, you listen to the uh, wacky Maxine Waters, who at one point had called for Americans to go out and confront the president's administration, get in their face, confront them. She did everything uh, but call for extreme violence. Uh, You know, we sometimes joke about people whose elevators don't go to the top floor. I truly believe that Maxine Waters doesn't out of the basement. And this is what passes for leadership in America today. Crazy people who have an agenda and don't give a damn how many Americans have to pay for that agenda with their lives or with their livelihoods. It's time for it to stop. These aren't left-right issues. These are right-wrong issues. There's nothing racist or immoral about making certain that aliens who seek entry into the United States are required to be interviewed, are required to be vetted, are required to be inspected. That's what the immigration laws call for, that aliens and Americans seeking entry into the United States must go through a designated port of entry so their identities can be verified. In the case of Americans, once we are the immigration inspectors, I did that job for the first four years. Once those CBP, Customs and Border Protection Inspectors, the ports of entry, are satisfied that a person standing in front of them is an American, the inspection stops and what begins is an examination of their documents to make certain that the passport that they have isn't altered, um, that it hasn't expired, that sort of thing. But under the law, there is absolutely no provision, no lawful way to prevent the entry of an American citizen into the United States. It's the equivalent of a child coming home to his parents, you know. You are able to cross that border without fear, if you're an American, to come home to your home country. And that's the way it should be. Aliens, on the other hand, have to prove that they don't belong to one or more categories of exclusion so that they should not be admitted. And the grounds of exclusion have nothing to do with race, religion, or ethnicity. It's about aliens with dangerous diseases. 
criminals, spies, terrorists, fugitives, uh, aliens who would take the jobs of Americans. That's what it's about. And that's what this program is about, providing you with the information you must have so that you come to understand the issues. Because the mainstream media has betrayed their profession, has betrayed the First Amendment, has betrayed this constitutional republic. When you offer up garbage, lies, propaganda, and try to convince the American people that what they're telling you is the truth, uh, then what you're doing is reprehensible. Democracies depend on an informed electorate. And today, being informed with the facts, with the truth, is becoming ever more difficult. And that's why I have this program ever since 9-11. I've been a man on a mission trying to wake people up to the true significance and the true nature of our immigration laws, the importance of secure borders, the visa process. All of the elements of the immigration system came into play on 9-11 when terrorists who were able to game the visa process, game the immigration system, uh, commit fraud, identity theft, a whole bunch of crimes. Uh, were able to attack America, uh, the understanding was clear. It was first and foremost the inability or willingness of America to secure its borders and criminal terrorists, the above all other issues. And that was how 9-11 happened. I was called upon to, to testify before numerous congressional hearings. I was asked to provide testimony to the 9-11 Commission, which I did. And I want you as Americans to understand what the truth is. Because it's almost impossible to get the truth. That's the sad reality in this crazy day and age, in this dangerous era. Um, and the, the, the process starts with what people have come to call political correctness. We're not being politically correct, folks. This is Orwellian. This is about altering thoughts and ideas and understandings of issues through the artful alteration of language, propaganda. There's nothing politically correct about refusing to use the word alien. The term alien simply means any person, not a citizen or national of the United States. There's no political correctness in the term alien, whether you use it or not. And in point of fact, the DREAM Act and the DREAMers, the A in DREAM is alien, alien minors. Suddenly this vile, reprehensible, horrible word becomes fully acceptable as long as you can use it to push this bogus agenda of the, of the globalists. And for the record, I'm not a conservative. I consider myself a mainstream um, kind of American. I'm registered as a Democrat. I'm a labor guy. And if you are concerned about labor in America, then you should be jumping up and down and yelling at the top of your lungs how the hell are you looking out for American workers when you're importing millions of foreign workers for one and one reason only, to displace Americans and to drive down wages. That's what this is all about. That's what it's all about. And Americans are very angry. They're enraged. And, and I want to clear something up because something dawned on me earlier today and having this opportunity to speak to you, I think it's important to make something clear. Aliens who come to this country illegally to work are violating our laws. They need to be sent home. Perhaps we need to seize the money they're earning the way that we seize assets that are illegally gained, whether it's money launderers, drug dealers, Anybody who gets involved in criminal activities loses their, gain, their, their profits. They're ill-gotten. But I've never had animosity for illegal aliens who simply work illegally. Now, we don't know who they are, so we always need to be mindful. 
that the guy that's mowing lawns could be a wanted murderer, sex offender, or terrorist. You know, the day before an attack, a terrorist hides in plain sight by going to his or her job. So there's a danger here, and that's why if you come illegally, you need to go home. But I will tell you that I arrested thousands of illegal aliens in my career, especially in the beginning of my career. I was primarily arresting aliens who were violating either the terms of their admission, violated our borders, were working illegally, unless there were other issues going on that we were aware of. We really didn't have much animosity. We, the agents, myself and my colleagues, did not have particular animosity towards the illegal aliens who were being abused by their employers in sweatshops and farms uh, and all sorts of employments. These people are being treated worse uh, than livestock. But the point of the matter is, if you want to be angry, be angry at our government for working in cahoots with the oligarchs of, of other countries like Mexico and the aspiring oligarchs of the United States who are undermining national security and public safety and the integrity of the immigration system so that this delivery system that delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor can run right on time, just like a Swiss watch, so that it delivers that unlimited supply of foreign tourists while we have a visa waiver program. Thank you, Mr. Reagan. It's both sides of the aisle. Undermines national security, undermines American sovereignty. But when you're kowtowing to the Chamber of Commerce that never met an illegal alien they didn't embrace, uh, you understand the problem. The system delivers an unlimited supply of foreign students. We're educating our adversaries. Two years ago, I believe it was, 130,000 Chinese STEM students came to America. And I'm going to talk a little bit about China shortly, and I'll be writing another article about China. They are our adversary, and yet we're educating their engineers and their computer programmers so they can build up China's military, with which they threaten us, and hack our computers, and we're training their programmers. This is nuts. And finally, that delivery system delivers an unlimited supply of clients for immigration lawyers, and we have immigration attorneys on both sides of the aisle. These aren't left-right issues. So if you want to be angry, be angry at all the above, but understand that the illegal alien who comes here is desperate. And because of the hiring practices of our country and the way that we entice people to come to America, using America as a safety valve for these corrupt countries like Mexico, then we wind up in, with countries like Mexico where the oligarchs, the elite, who just a relative few people control you know, 98% or whatever the number is of the wealth of that country, leaving crumbs for all the other citizens. And the only way they can support themselves is by coming here. If we could end that corrupt practice, there is absolutely no reason why Mexicans should not be able to live full and comfortable lives in their home country. The fact of the matter is that Mexico's economy is, I believe, number 14 or 15 in the world. It is a rich country, hardworking, lots of nat natural resources, there is no reason for Mexicans to need to come to America to support themselves except for the corruption of our government doing the bidding of our corporations and working in cahoots with the oligarchs of Mexico. This is as immoral as it gets. And just remember, there's always room for more, slave, more oarsmen on a slave ship. So when Nancy gets out there and says, oh, the wall is immoral, hey, Pelosi, what's immoral 
is how illegal aliens are treated, how Americans are losing their jobs and Americans are losing their lives because we have criminals and narcotics flowing freely across our borders. And you want to talk, Ms. Pelosi, about what's immoral? That people come to America to be exploited? That's immoral. I've raided those factories. I've seen the conditions under which some of those people had to work. Women that were forced to go into the boss's office on the lunch hour and find a way to make them happy if we all get the drift of what I'm trying to say to you. That's immoral. You know, Miss Pelosi, who jumps up and down, oh, women's rights. Visit the sweatshops, except most of them have now been moved out of our country and sent to hell holes around the world because this is a race to the bottom. This is a race to the bottom where average people are going to lose. I promise you, the only people who win are the people who are at the extreme top of the food chain. We have done great damage to America's middle class. You have Alan Greenspan referring to American high-tech workers, middle-class workers as the privileged elite. My goodness gracious, immoral. Pelosi, you are immoral. Chuck Schumer, you're a smart guy with no moral compass. Schumer was the guy who said that when people trespass on critical infrastructure and national landmarks, they should face five years in a federal jail. He proposed that legislation a couple of years ago. But the same Chuck says that when an alien trespasses on America, they've magically become entitled to United States citizenship. And, of course, the Republicans say, well, we're tough. We wouldn't give them citizenship, only permission to work. Illegal aliens come here to work. Illegal aliens come here to send money home. And by the way, if you utilize the illegals and you give them a pass to citizenship, big deal. If they want citizenship, all they have to do is marry American. And three years later, they're entitled to file U.S. citizenship. Also, the 14th Amendment providing U.S. citizenship to children of illegal aliens or people who come to America specifically to give birth so that they have American citizen children who when they turn 21 can petition to bring them here. If you're dealing with radical Islamists who have children here um, and they want to destroy America, their kids are American citizens traveling around the world on U.S. passports. If they become terrorists because of their radical Islamist orientations and philosophies, we've facilitated that. The lack of integrity to the process by which we naturalize United States citizens and give our green card, literally give them out. And political asylum, this has been the practice for decades. You know, as, as one director of Citizenship and Immigration Services that told his people, the job's not done till you get to yes. Whatever it is, approve the application. Anybody who complained was run over by the bureaucracy and either fired or forced out. Get to yes. What a philosophy. We finally have a president who understands sovereignty, who understands the need for borders, and he's being attacked. Because the crooks on both sides of the aisle, and there's no shortage of crooks, I sometimes think they ought to take the house and send office buildings, put bars around them, cut the communications cables, and, 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 and shove food in through a slot three times a day and make them stay there for 20 years for criminal behavior. The lunacy that's going on now that we still don't have a border, and we've had so many decades since we've had terrorist attacks in 1993 on 9-11, the attacks that have followed, all with a direct result, demonstrable direct result of multiple failures of an immigration system that is corrupt because the leadership of our government has been corrupt. 
there's a wonderful Yiddish expression that says, when the fish goes bad, it smells from the head. The head of our government, the politicians, city, state, federal level, there are too many of them who smell like a rotted fish left out on the back porch for too many days in the summer sun. Yes, there are good people in government, but folks, you got to look far and wide to find them because so many of these people have been bought and paid for by the lobbyists, by the Chamber of Commerce, by special interest groups, or because they themselves have a conflict of interest. Immigration lawyers who become members of Congress, so when they go back into private practice, they will have generated lots of work for themselves and their immigration lawyer buddies. That's not serving America or Americans, is it? And now what we're witnessing, what we're witnessing incredibly, is Nancy Pelosi still insisting that no matter what, there's going to be absolutely no border wall, and I'd love to know why. Why no border wall? Because, you see, we know that border walls work. Uh, I, I got an email from a guy a day or two ago. He was in law enforcement. I can only imagine that this individual, and I haven't heard from him in over a decade, you have to wonder if he isn't working for one of those companies that sells technology to the government. So this character sent me an email after he read my article about the need for a border wall, and he said, walls are stupid. I didn't get into a long discussion with the clown. I just emailed him back, and I said, yes, wheels and walls are as dumb as they come, but they get the job done. A wall doesn't have to be smart. It just has to act as a barrier to prevent or greatly hobble any effort of a would-be illegal alien from entering the United States. And let's be clear, the border wall that President Trump wants to put up would not block aliens from entering the United States. What the border wall would do, what the border wall would do, is to make certain that everyone who enters the United States, that all cargo that comes into the United States, would have to be funneled through a port of entry so it could be inspected, which is a requirement of the law. What in the world is immoral about that? I'd love to know how Nancy Pelosi would react to someone climbing in through her bedroom window instead of knocking on her front door. And the reason they don't want a wall is because it works. If you look at the drones, they don't work, but they're very expensive. They cost hundreds of millions of dollars. I saw one estimate that said that one drone costs as much as 10 helicopters. I spoke to a Border Patrol pilot who said uh, that one drone costs as much as four helicopters. Take whatever number you like. They're expensive, and they don't do anything. They can't make arrests. What they do is notify the Border Patrol when there's people that have already entered the United States. Here they are. Go look for them. Lots of luck. And when you find them and they yell political asylum, they're home free. Drones, ground sensors, they're the equivalent of burglar alarms. They notify the patrol after the alien has landed inside the United States. A border wall would prevent that from happening in the first place. That's the whole point, and that's what they don't want. They want to keep on overloading an immigration system that is so overwhelmed that it has virtually no integrity. That's why we've naturalized terrorists, and then less than a year later, they carry out attacks. According to the law, anybody who applies for citizenship is supposed to undergo a good moral character investigation. Today, it's a big deal that they run fingerprints. If good moral character investigations were actually carried out, let me tell you what, we would find out how many of these folks that are applying for citizenship have been involved with terrorist groups, criminal groups, gangs, and so forth. 
But if you simply run fingerprints and a name through a computer, you're not going to get the data you need. But there's no choice because we are naturalizing hundreds of thousands of new citizens every year, even under the Trump administration. This whole controversy over the Make America Great Again hats. Oh, he's anti-immigrant. He stopped the immigrants. He's attacking the immigrants. This has nothing to do with immigrants. It's about illegal aliens. And by the way, under the Trump administration, we're still admitting a million lawful immigrants every year. We're still naturalizing hundreds of thousands of new citizens every year. But you're not hearing that from the mainstream media because that doesn't parallel the narrative, the bogus nonsense that they have decided to spew and try to pass off as the evening news or the morning news or God knows what. I wrote an article And it's really important. I I want you all, uh, after you listen to my program, to go to frontpagemag.com. I wrote an article, and it was just published this morning, uh, in the wee small hours, um, as that Frank Sinatra song goes, in the wee small hours of the morning. Uh, My title was Worldwide Threat Assessment Makes Powerful Case for Border Security. The subtitle, Send It Hears from Leaders of the Intelligence Community. Uh, if, you, if you recall, not long ago, I wrote an article, and my article dealt with um, the threat of Iran and has the drug cartels and human traffickers to bring narcotics into the United States, which, by the way, should really be thought of as weapons of mass destruction, chemical warfare. Think about that. Uh, it's estimated that 70,000 Americans, or, or at least people in the United States, died last year because of drug overdoses. Many of those drugs came across the border, heroin, meth, fentanyl, cocaine. Um, You have Chapo Guzman on trial in Brooklyn, New York. Why in the world did he set up shop in New York City to run his cartel, became a major hub for the Sinaloa cartel, allegedly? Uh, It's because New York is a sanctuary city. It all fits together, and his drugs were being smuggled across the U.S.-Mexican border, the border that Chuck and Nancy don't want to secure. You can only speculate on on who persuaded them or how they came to be persuaded. Draw your own conclusions. Maybe yes, maybe no. I have no idea. But I do know it has to call into question what motivates them. Why would you take such an extreme position? Why in the world would you refuse to secure borders when the 9-11 Commission made it so crystal clear that Um, national security is border security and border security is national security. Here's the first paragraph of the preface of the commission staff report on terrorist travel. This is the report that was written by the agents, federal agents and government attorneys who were assigned to work with the 9-11 commission to sort out how 9-11 could have happened. So here's the the preface of the first paragraph or the paragraph of the, from the first uh, of the preface from that report. 9-11 and terrorist travel. Just listen to this. It is perhaps obvious to state that terrorists cannot plan and carry out attacks in the United States if they are unable to enter the country. Yet prior to September 11, while there were efforts to enhance border security, no agency of the U.S. government thought of border security as a tool in the counterterrorism. Indeed, even after 19 countries demonstrated the relevance of obtaining a U.S. visa, still is not considered a cornerstone of national security policy. We believe for reasons that we discussed in the following pages that it must be made one. How simple is that? How hard a concept is that to grasp? 
Keep them out. They can't attack you. Lock your doors. The burglars and the home invaders don't get in. This isn't rocket science. It's as simple as a wall, isn't it? And then they warn that once in the United States, immigration was a big problem. So let, let me read to you this, this paragraph that comes from that same report. Once terrorists had entered the United States, their next challenge was to find a way to remain here. Their primary method was immigration fraud. For example, Yusuf and Ajaj concocted bogus political asylum stories when they arrived in the United States. So think about it, folks. How many aliens have run the border and then yelled political asylum? That's the tactic used by terrorists. And don't tell me that these people are all from Central America. They're not. And I'll prove that to you. But understand what the, what the issue is here. Now, it goes on and says, Mahmoud Abu Alim, involved in both the World Trade Center and landmark plots, received temporary residence under the seasonal agriculture worker program after falsely claiming that he picked beans in Florida. Chuck Schumer was the architect of the agriculture provisions of the Reagan amnesty, and that's how Mahmoud Abu Alima was able to stay in the Thank you again, Chuck. Keep on looking for laws against trespassing. Good for you. Unbelievable. And then it goes on and says, Mahmoud Salome, who rented the truck used in the bombing, overpaid his tourist fees. He then applied for permanent residency under the agriculture worker program. Thank you again, Chuck but was rejected. Ayad Mahmoud Ismail, who drove the van containing the bomb, took English language classes at Wichita State University in Kansas on a student visa. After he dropped out, he remained in the United States out of status. He had no criminal history. So when people say to you, well, if these people don't have criminal histories, why are we arresting them? Maybe it's because they came here illegally because they have nefarious goals in mind. And if we're going to make mistakes, ladies and gentlemen, Damn it, I want our government to make mistakes that take our safety into account before it takes anything else into account. That's why if you're here illegally and you're caught, you need to be thrown out of the country. It's very simple. You don't belong here. You're trespassing. In fact, if it was an American kid trespassing on the World Trade Center under construction, Schumer wants that kid in jail for five years. Don't take my word for it. He said it right on his official Senate website. He cited a 16-year-old boy, his use of words, boy, who had climbed the trade center while it was under construction to take a selfie, to take a photograph. And Schumer said, I don't care if you're an adrenaline junkie or a crook or a criminal. If you do this, it's dangerous. You need to go to jail so we stop people from doing this. He would have locked up a 16-year-old boy who I believe was an American, but if he was an illegal alien, Schumer would have invited him in and said, son, let me give you a certificate of United States citizenship because now you're a hero. The duplicitous conduct, the hypocrisy, the lies and the disconnect are unbearable, unbearable, treacherous conduct on the part of people to go to defend the nation, defend the Constitution, and look out for their fellow Americans. Unbelievable. Final statement from that report, and then we're going to move on to something else. Terrorists in the 1990s, as well as the September 11th hijackers, needed to find a way to stay in or embed themselves in the United States if their operational plans were to come to fruition. As already discussed, this could be accomplished legally by marrying an American citizen, achieving temporary worker status. That's what DACA is, boys and girls, temporary worker status status or applying for asylum. There we go again. That's political asylum after entering. 
In many cases, the act of filing for an immigration benefit sufficed to permit the alien to remain in the country until the petition was adjudicated. Terrorists coordinate operations and receiving school in England, make contacts in the United States, require necessary material, and execute an How clear is that? Now, let's move right along. I wrote about not long ago, um, I wrote an article called National Hearing, Iranian Supercells Threat in the United States. It's focused on a hearing that was conducted April 17th, terrorism and insurgency. The topic of the hearing was response to terrorism and examination of Iran's global terrorism network. And I included an excerpt from the testimony of one of the witnesses of the hearing, a gentleman by the name of Emmanuel Lorling, the founder. None of the witnesses contacted him. They all agree with him, including the Democrat witnesses. So here we go. About the stuff that you want to hear about. In recent years, Hezbollah's Latin American networks have also increasingly cooperated with violent drug cartels and criminal syndicates, often with the assistance of local corrupt political elites. Think, ladies and gentlemen, about Venezuela. Iran has a very intimate relationship with Venezuela. In fact, for the last decade, Iranian shock troops, their Quds forces, have been flying directly from Tehran, Iran, into Caracas, Venezuela. So here we go. Cooperation includes laundering of drug money, arranging multi-ton shipments of cocaine to the United States and Europe, and directly distributing and selling illicit substances to distant markets. Proceeds from these activities finance Hezbollah's arms procurement, its terror activities overseas, its hold on Lebanon's political system and its efforts both in Lebanon and overseas to keep Shia's communities loyal to its cause and complicit in its endeavors. Now, here is the part you need to pay attention to. This focuses on Hezbollah in Latin America, Western Hemisphere. Think of the Monroe Doctrine, okay? This toxic crime terror nexus is fueling both the rising threat of global jihadism and the collapse of law and order across Latin America that is helping to drive drugs and people northward into the United States. It is sustaining Hezbollah's growing financial needs. It is helping Iran and Hezbollah consolidate a local constituency in multiple countries across Latin America. It is thus facilitating their efforts to build safe havens for terrorists and a continent-wide terror infrastructure that they could use to strike U.S. targets. How much clearer does it have to be for you to get the point? How much clearer does it need to be for the idiots who call themselves elected representatives to get the point? And now we come to my article that was just published at frontpagemag.com. Uh, Front Page Mag is a, is a place where I do almost all my writing. It's a terrific website sponsored by the David Horowitz Freedom Center. And I generally give them at least a half dozen or more articles per month. Uh, please check it out. Not just me. There's a bunch of great writers there. Uh, proud to be a regular columnist for Front Page. Uh, and so here we talk about the threat assessment. There was a hearing that was conducted January 29th of this year, this past Tuesday, three days ago. The Senate Intelligence Committee called before them 
all of the leaders of the intelligence community. It reads like the who's who of the intelligence community. Director Daniel Coates of the Office of National Intelligence. Director, FBI Director Christopher Wray of the FBI. Director Gina Haspel of the CIA. Director General Robert Ashley of DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, and so forth. There had been a threat assessment that was authored by Daniel Coates, the Director of National Intelligence, but he wrote with material furnished by all the other intelligence agencies. He's the of that intelligence pyramid. And so the, the title of the report was the Worldwide Threat Assessment, the statement of, of Director Coates. And if you go to my article, you can see two things. You can click and watch a video of the hearing and get written material. You can also get a copy of that threat assessment report. This is uh, not a redacted report. It, it's, it's a report that's open to the public. It's, uh, it's out there in, in the public domain, and you need to read it. I'm going to read a couple of quick excerpts, and when you hear this, you tell me that when Schumer and Pelosi and these other nitwits that need rubber noses and floppy feet tell you there's no crisis, they're either liars or they're nuts or they're mentally incompetent. They should not be doing what they're doing. It's very, very clear. Page four. Now, remember, these are the heads of the intelligence services. This isn't some supermarket tabloid. This isn't some garbage that was you know, pulled out of a trash can. This was a report by the people who head up the U.S. intelligence agencies, the military, the FBI, the CIA, and so forth. Page four says, migration is likely to continue to fuel social and interstate tensions globally while drugs and transnational organized crime take a toll on U.S. public health and safety. Political turbulence is rising in many regions as governance governance erodes and states confront growing public health and environmental threats. Terrorism, the Sunni violent extremists, global jihadists and dozens of groups and countries threaten local and regional U.S. interests despite having experienced some significant setbacks in recent years. And some of these groups will remain intent on striking the U.S. homeland. Prominent jihadist ideologues and media platforms continue to call for and justify efforts to attack the U.S. homeland. And then we get to this on page 18, the entire page. I'm just going to read a couple of key sentences. But do you see what this says? What's the point to these hearings? What's the point to these threat assessments when Nancy and Chuck all say, oh, it's make-believe. It's the president who created the crisis. The president created the crisis. The pre- Think of those words. Think of those words. Listen to what I'm reading to you. Please go to the article. Forward it to every single person you can think of and ask them to do the same. Be part of my bucket brigade of truth. The American people know they're being lied to. These politicians are logical. They don't know the truth if it jumped up and bit them on the nose or some other protuberance of their fetid bodies, Okay. They don't know the truth. They won't tell you the truth. You know that line from a few good men, you can't handle the truth? Well, they're damn determined to make sure we don't get the truth. That's what this program is about. That's what I'm about. And I'm not making this up. This is a report that was just made public three days ago before the Senate Intelligence Committee. What the hell is the point to these hearings? That other report that I read from was made public at a hearing in April of last year. What's the point to the hearing? 
to say they did something? We've had sleeper agents throughout the United States, and they've been arrested from Iran and elsewhere. But there's nothing to see here, folks. This is a make-believe crisis created by President Trump because he wants a wall because it's a vanity project. It's a vanity project. Sure it is. (laughs) You know, in a million years, I never thought I would live to see the day when we would have such crooks and lunatics in positions of authority in the United States government who could do such damage, who could do such damage, and perhaps doing it intentionally. There's no other conclusion I can come to. I want you to remember, I'm registered as a Democrat. My contention is these people aren't Democrats. They are seditionists. They are anarchists. They hate America, and they hate Americans. Because if they gave a rat's tail about Americans, they'd be the first ones jumping up and saying, secure that damn border. I read to you what came in the 9-11 Commission staff report. This is more material. It's up to date. It's as fresh as this week. This topic on page 18, transnational organized crime. National criminal organizations and networks will threaten U.S. interests and and allies by trafficking drugs, exerting malign influence in weak states, threatening critical infrastructure, orchestrating human trafficking, and undermining legitimate economic activity. Sanctuary cities make it impossible for ICE agents to find victims of human trafficking. If you want to go after the traffickers, you need to find the people they brought in so they can tell you who brought them here and how it was done. I know a little something about this. I was part of the anti-smuggling unit in New York. I was in every single squad within the investigations branch. In 1988, I became the first immigration agent assigned to the Unified Intelligence Division of the Drug Enforcement Administration. In 1991, I was promoted to senior special agent and assigned to the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. I didn't read about this stuff, folks. I was out on the streets conducting investigations and making arrests and helping other agencies, including DEA, the FBI, the New York City Police, New York State Police, ATF, and others to locate, investigate, and dismantle narcotics trafficking organizations. If you want to go after the traffickers, you need to find the people they trafficked. And you can provide them with visas. If these politicians really cared about these folks, they'd say, go to immigration. They can give you visas. They can allow you to stay here if you cooperate. This is a win, 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 win. What we're finding in sanctuary cities is that's where we lose, 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 lose. They are shielding employers who exploit illegal aliens. They are shielding fugitives from justice. They are shielding gang members. They are shielding uh, potential terrorists. And in the process, people are dying. Children are being killed by MS-13. And who's being killed? Primarily, it's Latino ethnic immigrant children in their early teens. The slogan for MS-13, and I began investigating those bums 25 years ago, is rape, kill, control. They're out on the street because sanctuary cities have absolutely no desire to cooperate with immigration so that these people can be deported. They are shielding these thugs from ICE, and then they go out and kill kids. And Nancy's happy. Yay, we're going to protect the immigrants. No, Nancy wants to protect MS-13, the drug cartels, and these other vermin who are killing innocent people. She does not care. She also doesn't care that wages are being destroyed, 
that people are winding up homeless. We have the highest homeless rates all over the place, especially our native San Francisco. It used to be a garden spot. I was there. It was beautiful. Look what they turned it into. Tent city with human feces and and, uh, drug paraphernalia all over the place. They crapped that city up. It looks like a sewer. Thank you, Nancy. Great leadership, Nancy. But it's immoral to protect Americans. It's immoral to keep drugs out of the United States. I was on I-24 News. Before I read further, I have to make this point. I-24 News is a growing news network here in the United States. They got their start in Israel. And I was debating a Democratic strategist. I don't even know what that title means. I don't know what his training was. Democrat strategist. And he's against the wall. Oh, we need high tech. We need walls are are old fashioned. Sure. So is the wheel. Old fire is old fashioned, right? We still cook with fire, don't we? Old fashioned. I mean, it's the the excuses because they don't want the border secure. That's the goal. Keep those deliveries of cheap labor coming. Then at one point he said to me, you know, fewer illegals are coming anyway. They're not coming. I said, based on what? Well, look at the arrest statistics. So I explained to him that those arrest statistics are bogus. How do you determine if there's more arrests or less arrests? Does it mean that more are getting caught or fewer are getting caught? Quite a while ago, I was on Neil Cavuto, and Neil tried to make some correlation between Border Patrol arrests and the number of illegal aliens and border security. And I said, you know, Neil, trying to figure out how many illegal aliens are in the United States based on Border Patrol arrest statistics It's kind of like trying to take attendance by asking people not present to raise their hand. It doesn't work. The best metric for border security, you probably won't hear this anywhere else. Think about what I'm about to say to you. Listen carefully. The best metric about border security, I'm going to shock you, has absolutely nothing to do with the number of people arrested by the Border Patrol. First of all, nearly half of all the legal aliens don't run the border. They come through ports of entry and disappear. And the Border Patrol arrests are hard to decipher. Again, if the arrests are up, the arrests are down. When more courts, fewer courts, did they catch one in 10, one in five, one in three, one in 50? We have no idea. We've been told for years there's 11 million illegal aliens in the United States. Harvard and MIT did studies, and they said, you know, there might be more than 25 million. We have no idea. Pick a number from one to 10 billion. You know, we don't know. Just pick a number. We'll play with a number. The idea has always been to downplay the issue. Reagan told us that a million aliens would come out of the shadows with his amnesty. We wound up with almost four million. They don't know. The most reliable metric to determine how secure the borders of the United States are, here it comes, wait for it, the price and availability of heroin and cocaine. We do not manufacture a molecule of those poisons in the United States. Every single dose of heroin, every single dose of cocaine was smuggled into the country. The demand for heroin right now is at an all-time extreme high level. I don't think the demand for heroin has ever been higher. Those of you who know anything about economics know that when the demand goes up, the price goes up, right? Wrong, not where heroin's concerned. The demand is at an all-time record fever pitch high And the price of heroin has never been lower. How could that be? How could this defy standard economics like gravity? The reason that it's 
price has virtually unlimited supply of heroin flowing in the United States. So what did I just tell you? Heroin isn't so every gram brought here. Heroin is illegal everywhere. So in order for heroin to get to the United States, it has to be smuggled into the United States. That's all you need to know about border security. And when I raised that issue on the program a couple of days ago, this guy on the other side said, well, you know, we've got to go after the demand. I said, well, you're right. We need to go after the demand. And I've been yelling about that for a long time, but that has nothing to do with the issue of border security. You're just trying to get off that topic. The borders are wide open. That's why the heroin is so plentiful and yet the price and, and, and the prices are so cheap, even in the face of an unbelievable demand. And he said, but we've got to go after the demand. And I said to him, yes, we do. But if you're so concerned about going after the demand, oh, absolutely, we've got to stop this demand. We, I said, why are the Democrats pushing the legalization of pot, the gateway drug of choice for heroin? Crickets. The guy looked like someone smacked him upside the head with a two-by-four. The duplicitous conduct is beyond belief. It is a tragedy. It is a nightmare. It is an outrage. No who should be to dog, let alone cops. American lives are hanging in the balance. Now, let me go back to this threat assessment report, but I, I just want you to understand where all this comes together. These aren't little facts that are here, there, and everywhere. There's a, a mosaic that, when you put the picture together, is ugly, disgusting, and disturbing, and it keeps me awake at night. As I said to Jim Sensenbrenner when he chaired the House Judiciary Committee, If I can't sleep at night, sure as hell, I don't want you sleeping at night either. I need you folks to get out there and get busy. I need you to reach out to your neighbors. Have the conversation. We're Americans. We're supposed to have conversations. We can disagree. It's okay. You have my permission. You can disagree with me if you want, but we've got to stand up for our country. We've got to stand up for our children. We've got to stand up for our children's children, folks. Anyway, this, this stuff revs my motor if you haven't been able to figure it out. And for good reason. I've had friends lost in law enforcement who were conducting drug investigations. Uh, one of my best friends in law enforcement, Everett Hatcher, was a DEA agent, killed, uh, my goodness, uh, hard to believe, over 30 years ago, conducting narcotics investigations. And for what purpose? For what purpose? Where are we? Where are we? So we get back to this title of Transnational Organized Crime, page 18 of that threat assessment report. Go to my article, front page magazine, post it on Facebook, please. Post it everywhere. Get everyone to read this stuff. And here's what they said. Global transnational criminal organizations and networks will threaten U.S. interests and allies by trafficking drugs, exerting malign influence in weak states, threatening critical infrastructure, orchestrating human trafficking and undermining legitimate economic activity. Then there's a subtitle, drug trafficking. The foreign drug threat will pose continued risks to U.S. public health and safety and will present a range of threats to U.S. national security interests in the coming year. Violent Mexican traffickers such as members of the Sinaloa cartel and the new generation Jalisco cartel remain key to the movement of illicit drugs to the United States, including heroin, methamphetamine, fentanyl, and cannabis from Mexico, as well as cocaine from Colombia. Chinese synthetic drug suppliers 
dominate U.S.-bound movements of so-called designer drugs, including synthetic marijuana, and probably ship the majority of U.S. fentanyl adjusted for purity. Approximately 70,000 Americans died from drug overdoses in 2017, a record high and a 10% increase from 2016, although the rate of growth probably slowed in early 2018 based on Centers for Disease Control data. Increased drug fatalities are largely a consequence of surging production of the synthetic opioid fentanyl. In 2017, more than 28,000 Americans died from synthetic opioids other than methadone, including illicitly manufactured fentanyl. The CDC reports synthetic opioid-related deaths rose 846 percent between 2010 and 2017, while DHS reports that the U.S. seizures of the drug increased 313 percent from 2016 to 2017. And then they talk about other organized crime activities, and they talk about transnational criminal organizations and their affiliates are likely to expand their influence over some weak states, collaborate with U.S. adversaries, and possibly threaten critical infrastructure. Mexican criminals use bribery, intimidation, and violence to protect their drug trafficking, kidnapping for ransom, fuel theft, gun running, extortion, and alien smuggling enterprises. Folks, these are all immigration issues. These were the issues that I spent 30 years investigating and making arrests and working with other agencies to combat. But there's no crisis. The border is fine. Trump is making this all up, and a wall would be a vanity project for Donald Trump. A vanity project. Remember, this report was written by the heads of the FBI and CIA, military intelligence, and the the director of national intelligence who coordinates all of those activities. How in the world is this not a goddamn crisis? I want someone to explain this to me. How is this not a crisis? 70,000 people dead. Fentanyl primarily sourced from China, and yet we gave China most favored trade status. Donald Trump is trying to crack down on China, and all you're hearing every half hour on the news, well, you know, trade might be hurt because the president doesn't want to work with the Chinese the way they want. All that this country can think about is earning statement for the next quarter. Will we have a country in, in, in another 10 quarters? Does anyone know? Does anyone care? Communists said the capitalists will sell them the rope with which they will hang us. We're having a fire sale on rope. All that we hear about, profit, trade, trade, money, money, trade, trade, profit. How about survival of a nation? How about lives that are lost to drug overdoses or the violence of gangs? The violence of gangs. The overdoses are the tip of the iceberg. How many people are killed because someone commits an armed robbery to get money to buy the drugs or drives a car while stoned out of his or her mind, crashes and kills a bunch of people? How many people are killed because the cartels are at war with each other and innocent bystanders get caught in the the gunfire? The Democrats are strong on gun control. Get the guns off the streets. If you work with ICE agents, 
an illegal alien in possession of a firearm or ammunition is looking at 10 years in the federal jail. How do I know? I used to make those cases, folks. Again, I'm not talking out of conjecture. I read this there. I was the guy with the search and the arrest warrant who kicked in the doors, made and dragged down there to be a federal court, and then I testified at the trials. If you find an illegal alien who was deported and comes back, you can put him away for up to 20 years. I'm very familiar with that law. I helped Al D'Amato write the damn thing back in the 80s. It is now the most frequently prosecuted felony by the Justice Department. But in sanctuary cities, we're getting no cooperation from local police to be able to make those cases, to be able to charge aliens with firearms possession, much as the Democrats claim they want the guns off the streets. They want to make sure Americans don't have the guns, but they don't seem to give a damn if the drug traffickers and the violent gangs have the guns. This is a level of lunacy I've never seen before in my life, providing driver's licenses to illegal aliens so that the aliens can vote. But meanwhile, I want you to think about something. Look at the scrutiny that we undergo when we get on airplanes at the airport. There's over 45,000 TSA employees. Government shut down. People were upset. My God, how are we going to get on the airplanes? Who's going to search the people? Nobody wants to get on an airplane if everybody hasn't been searched. But we're living in a country where there are millions of aliens who refuse to be vetted. It's kind of like sneaking past TSA. Would you get on the airplane if you saw someone sneak past TSA? Well, it could be that the neighbor that lives next door to you snuck into the country because he knows that he's wanted for multiple crimes in some other country, not just Mexico. Human nature is human nature is human nature is human nature. I've arrested criminals from Italy and Israel and Jamaica and Japan. In fact, the Japanese government gave me an award. I've arrested people from Colombia and Australia, England, worked with New Scotland Yard on a murder case. Criminals can be found in every race, every religion, every ethnicity, because human nature is human nature. But don't tell that to the Democrats or the globalists. Don't tell that to the Republicans who want their cheap labor, because they don't want immigration agents to be hired, and the Democrats want to disband ICE altogether. Both sides of the aisle have the same goals, a country with no borders, a country that can't be defended. Listen to Paul Ryan, that globalist dirtbag. Same as John Boehner, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is more concerned with head counts on airplanes and in stadiums and, and, and theaters than they are with body counts in the morgue. That's the hard reality. It started out that the Republicans, not the Democrats, the Republicans wanted the open borders. The Republicans wanted to flood America with cheap labor, drive down the wages of those Americans. You know, we don't want to pay taxes and we don't want regulations. And we want to hire anybody we want. And if we could fire Americans, we can make lots more money. That was the Republican war cry, not the neocons, folks. Let's stop the nonsense about left and right. Both sides of the corrupt, fetid aisle have done this to America, have done this to us, have done this to our children, have done this to our grandchildren. They want open borders. You can't spend the country with open borders. We've been left indefensible. George W. Bush created ICE in such a way where he made it impossible to secure the borders or enforce the laws. Don't take my word for it. Read the testimony from John Hostetler, who was the chairman of the House Immigration Subcommittee in May of 2005 when he had a hearing on dual missions of the Immigration Service or the Immigration Agency. I was one of the witnesses to that hearing. 
And host Stetler said that the Bush administration had created immigration incoherence. Both sides of the aisle for decades got us to where we are today. The only one who stands between us and utter chaos is President Trump. And I don't always agree with him. I wish he knew how to use language that was more nuanced. I don't agree with him on every issue, but I will tell you that on the immigration issue, I agree with him wholeheartedly. There's nothing about hatred here. It's about common sense. The argument of hatred is the one that's used by the other side when they've got nothing else they can use. It's said that when a lawyer goes into court and 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 he's strong on the facts and weak on the law, he pounds the facts. When he's strong on the law, weak on the facts, he pounds the law. And when he's weak on both, he pounds the table. The other side is pounding tables because they know they can't argue against what he's trying to do, protecting American lives and the jobs of American workers. So they call him a racist. And we hear from the pollsters, oh, the Latino voters. Let me tell you, if you believe that American citizens who are of Latino ethnicity are different from all other Americans, have different goals like open borders, maybe they're praying their kids will be recruited by MS-13 as though they were the New York Yankees, if you believe that lunacy, (laughs) God help you. If you think Americans who are Latino are different from all other Americans by virtue of their race, you are two things. You're a rip-roaring idiot, and you're a racist. Americans are Americans are Americans. I don't care if you're black or white or Latino. I don't care if you're Jewish or Christian or any other religion. If you're an American citizen and you have a rational brain, we want three things from our government. We want the military to keep our enemies as far from our shores as possible. We want law enforcement to keep our streets as safe as possible. We want the schools to educate our kids. We want to know that any American willing to study hard, work hard, and benefit from some good luck can write the next success story. All Americans want that. And in point of fact, that mission of keeping our enemy as far from our shores as possible, that's the military's primary shared mission, all five branches. Up close and in person, that job falls to the Department of Homeland Security, or at least it's supposed to. And yet, (laughs) we have 6,000 ICE agents, and half of them aren't even doing immigration work. The sea and ICE is customs. Thank you, George W. Bush, whose brother Jeb said that illegal immigration was an act of love. And I wrote a commentary where I said that Jeb was looking for love in all the wrong places. Understand how these policies have brought us to where we are today and how these policies have endangered national security public safety, public health, think of all those communicable diseases. Uh, Ellis Island was a quarantine station. We need to grow a spine, folks. We need to be involved. I always make the point that democracy is not a spectator sport. Please read my articles. Share these podcasts with as many folks as you can. Please ask them to get involved. Let them ask the questions. Let them give some thought to the issues. If you know of opportunities for speaking engagements, you can reach me through michaelcutler.net. Please go to uh, frontpagemag.com or the social contract. Knowledge by the questions that he asks. Have a good day, everybody. I look forward to seeing you next week. Same time, right on the Mike Hour. Stay warm.